0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Robin Callie Show. I'm Callie Alpert here with my dear bud, Robbie K. Hi, Robbie.
1: What's up, Callie? How's it going, everybody?
0: How you doing?
1: How you doing?
0: <laughs> it's a beautiful night here in New York City, and. We threw out a few topics earlier today as we've talked about ad nauseum, or at least I do ad nauseum. We often, we really don't. Someone asked us last night, we we were uh, at the same location last night at at the same party at my house, actually. It was a top secret party. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, why am I talking so cryptically? It was a top secret location
1: where there was actually a party.
0: (laughs) Um, At my house. I
1: can't give you more details than that or I'd have to kill you.
0: And someone was asking because now I so proudly, be, you know, beyond introducing you as my dear long-standing friend, is my podcast mate. Is my new term term for you? Yeah. So someone I think was commenting or asking about how much production we do and how much we script, and yeah. yet again, you know, for somehow I take great pride in our spontaneity and the fact that we come in with very little in our brains. We always look at each other like I got nothing, you got nothing, a little piece of scrap paper and an idea, and so we're going to try tonight um on the topic of late bloomers thank you Is <laughs> nodding to me in silence
1: no i'm like that's right that's what <laughs> we're talking about today. no i was thinking about how people were asking us about like our whole production what we do before the show and i'm like <laughs> right. we have a whole team of research assistants <laughs> they go into a lot of research on the internet we get lots of information and then we extrapolate what we want it's like no we sit down with a scrap of paper a pen and then we just scribble something and go on the air so that's really how it happens
0: you know what maybe all right here's a stretch maybe um I can tie what you just said and the idea of us just even being here doing this podcast as part of my late blooming process mm-hmm. It's I I am um, for somebody who has always th- prided myself on following my bliss trying to get in touch with what makes me happy it's taken me a while I didn't give myself permission to do that when I was younger I was following a lot of the professional Shoulds, and so when it comes to more full alignment with my creative and professional pursuits, yeah, I would consider myself a late bloomer, and herein sitting here with you in the studio tonight is one example. Was that a stretch? No, no. at all. That Good.
1: I I think that I completely concur and agree with you, counselor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, But it but But late blooming obviously comes in different versions. Mm -hmm. The first time I heard the expression, I was probably a young, I would say preteen, perhaps, maybe teenager. I was talking to my mother about my future husband, who I did not know at the time. Still don't know. And she said to me, Cal, and my mom is intuitive and sometimes bordering on psychic. Mm. And she said to me, Cal, I really don't see you. You're going to be one of those people that gets married, like probably around like age 38. Now, at the time when you're a young girl and you have all your fantasies about that, 38 sounds like a lifetime away. And I wasn't very thrilled by that. Right. And also you wonder if it's manifest destiny. Somehow I took that little seed yeah, yeah. and, you know, mom inadvertently somehow that like I sabotaged myself. And God knows I'd like to think that's not the case, but yeah. I digress. Um, so that's one version of, of late blooming, obviously. And then the other is professional. I mean, do you consider yourself a late bloomer? I mean, I think I know the answer, but...
1: Yeah, I, I always say I think late bloomers bloom large. Mm. And I like to believe that. And I love stories where you hear about people that have had extraordinary careers or... or um, Uh, relationships in their life, marriages, just different things about how they have such a full life, but it took them a while to manifest that in their own life. I mean, I was just thinking about Howard Stern, how sometimes I, I look at him because I know he's done a lot of work on himself. People really talk about how they don't like some of the things he says in his show. But in general, this is a guy who was in a marriage that didn't work out and he had, I think two or three daughters and it looked like his radio career was going well, but personally he was having a lot of trouble and then all of a sudden he got into therapy like 5 days a week and was in oh an heavy gosh, 5 yet, days a
0: week I didn't know that. He was
1: in heavy analysis because he wanted to find out what was wrong with him where his marriage didn't work out and why he had so many challenges just as a human being forgetting about the fact that he was successful in his career personally he was very unhappy and all of a sudden he started to work on himself and he met his new a new girlfriend who eventually has become his wife of 10 years and they have a great marriage. It seems like, and he seems happier than ever. And now only does. He do this, show but then he goes on to do America's Got Talent and enjoyed that as a project and it seems like he's sort of blossomed in a way that I never saw Howard Stern having a career or life like that hmm. when I used to listen to him in the 80s mm-hmm. so I like stories like that because it gives me hope that no matter what I've been through or what I'm going through that it doesn't matter how old I am it doesn't matter what the details are what matters is that I'm still trying and eventually if I keep trying I'm going to manifest a life i want
0: i think it's really and that's an interesting example howard stern of i wouldn't have thought about that um in in the i wouldn't have thought about this in the context of him but that's interesting thing to point out i think also it's really important not to have a timeline that compares with anybody but yourself Um, so that there's no judgment in terms of your achievements or your romantic endeavors or whatever. Those are the two things I'm breaking. As my father always says, life really comes down to romance and finance, so I'm breaking it into those two categories, although there's many others as well. Or it's also
1: when are you going to get laid and when are you going to get paid?
0: (laughs) Oh, I like that way better. That's way more interesting. (laughs) And it's very natural to... Have timelines that society, you know, sets out for us, and our families project onto us, or our friends, or you know, there's comparisons drawn, and you know, things should happen at a certain time and by a certain age. And it's very hard to live that way. I've, I've did it for many, many decades. Yeah. Um, and then once you realize that maybe things aren't going to happen or there's a different kind of plan for you, you have to let go of that. Otherwise you could drive yourself sort of bonkers comparing and feeling underachieved or that you're not in the place that you need to be in. And really, I think it's more about honoring the process of whatever your own personal growth is and not being in comparison to anybody else. Yeah. Uh, But it's hard. yeah. You know, there's benefits. I mean, there's people that are um, that became parents later. I use in quotes because to me, even in your 40s, is not becoming late parent nowadays. Mm. People in their 50s. yeah. So they have maybe um, more of a span of age between them and their kids, but they have the benefit of wisdom, maybe less energy to chase them, but the benefit of experience, you know. So it's really I think there's a lot of blessing and not curses and blessings and curses, but just a lot of different perspective, different ways to look at it
1: yeah well I think you know I talk about Howard Stern because I've always liked radio and I've listened to radio my whole life even talk radio I just really have liked it you have
0: a really good radio voice by the way do you ever think about it
1: you know people say I should do radio (laughs) maybe I should have listened to that like 20 years ago I mean, if I had a dollar every time someone said I should be in radio, I could definitely buy a dinner.
0: <laughs> you wouldn't be sitting here right now with <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, I probably would. But anyway, so um, I think about George Clooney. Another great example for me is a guy. Here's a guy who seems like he has the world... To himself. Everything is great. I mean, he has everything in the world that he needs. All the women love him. The guys want to be like him. And he was single up until his 50s. And he said he was never going to get married and he was always going to be a bachelor and he didn't believe in marriage. And then all of a sudden he meets this woman, falls in love and gets married at 53. And I remember when that happened, I thought to myself, If George Clooney didn't find the right girl until he was 53, I think I can be a little patient with my love life, you know? And it's true. It's like, yeah, I haven't met someone I wanted to settle down with and make a home with yet, but if... George Clooney, you know, didn't find somebody <laughs> until his 50s. You know, I still got time.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I feel the same way. And also then there's the added pressure when you're a woman and you're supposed to be, you know, should, should, should and making babies and being a blushing bride and all those things because there's more of a fantasy surrounding that for little girls as we grow up than I think there are there, there is for little boys and, you know, men. Um, it's hard, you know, it becomes even more difficult. And we've talked about it a little bit in previous shows where I've gone through my own process with that. And there's definitely um, sometimes a sadness or frustration with that, you know, and with anything where things are still in front of you. That said, everybody can say this because there's always something in front of you. If you are an ambitious person, if you're a sensitive, creative soul, there's always going to be some level of um, striving for something in front of you and maybe even a little sense of insatiability. Yeah. Um so it's hard to separate that out, you know. I could stop and say I feel very proud and grateful for a lot of achievements and experiences that I've had and yet I feel like I have this huge well, this capacity, this reservoir that's barely been tapped that is only now starting to be tapped in my early 50s. Is that me late blooming or is that just my natural life trajectory? Maybe it's who's, both. Yeah, who's to yeah. say really?
1: Yeah. I was thinking though about also how Where have I blocked the blooming?
0: Mm. Like
1: maybe I'm a late bloomer because sometimes I've sabotaged or I didn't Mm -hmm. follow up on a lead or I didn't take an idea and run with it. Or maybe I just ran away from taking any action at all and hid. Mm. And those are all things that I've done in my life to where... That delayed things. So then it goes to the point, okay, let's go through that layer, get to the other layer, which is more of the core issue that I had work to do. I wasn't ready to bloom. I wasn't ready for that. I needed to be watered more, whatever analogy you want to use, where I just needed to take care of myself and get to a point where I was ready to say to the world, yeah, this is who I am. Radio is a perfect example. I joke around about it, but I've thought since we started the podcast about how there have been times where people said to me over the years yeah you really be great in radio you have a great voice for it or your personality or whatever and it's like I just didn't really think about yeah do I want to do that because I did in college I liked it in college and I did an internship when I was in college and then I kind of took a detour in my 20s away from it and then I eventually came back to it and the mistake I made and we've talked about this but The mistake I made was doing voiceovers. I was like, oh, do voiceovers and make a lot of money and I'll audition Mm. and be a great life. And what looking back, what I wished I would have done or what I've learned that I could have done is I could have just gotten a job at a radio station sweeping floors, like answering phones, just starting in radio, paying my dues and eventually getting to where, you know, I could do a show like we're doing now. So it's the kind of thing where I was thinking about this, that the universe shows us how to bloom the universe gives us all the sunlight, water, air, whatever we need, it's whether I'm paying attention and taking action on what the universe is suggesting, you know, giving me that path.
0: Mm, Right. And surrendering. That's beautiful. I love the block. Do you block the bloom? That might be your next book or your (laughs) first book (laughs) for that matter. (laughs) But that is beautiful. And I do. I've I've used that analogy in different um, contexts along the way it's really actually really uh, appropriate it's really really nice in in the scheme of this conversation and um, I think it's yeah I think it's definitely significant to note when you're in your own way and then also to know when to surrender to a bigger process now some people who are not believers in divinity or don't have the same belief system that you and I I think we might share a little of. Um, You know would say that Everything is within our power Everything is choreographed by us And that's a lame ass sort of passive uh, Way to feel good about Your lack of progress But I do And I've struggled with this This is a huge theme for me The difference between Choreographing and surrendering I'm still perpetually Trying to sort it out I've become more of a believer in the surrender aspect of it, though, to your point. And I do think that that that's a huge thing that comes into play. It's like everything that's meant to be does happen and everything that happens is meant to be, I believe. And so if you take that sort of tenant, then to your point... It might take you to age 60, sixty to find your lady of your dreams, where some other guy in his, tw- you know, that was twenty two found it, and there, there's no comparison. There, you guys are on completely different paths mm-hmm. that are completely separable. We're just, we're just all occupying the same space.
1: Well, and it goes to your party last night. I met a couple there. You're friends Shh, I had a with party
0: last night. Shh.
1: <laughs> 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 No, but they met when they were in college or just out of college, and they've been together for the, you know over twenty years. They have a beautiful yeah. daughter, and mm-hmm. you know here they are. They have a family and careers and everything. And I was looking at them like, wow, they met really young, and mm. they've done so well, and they seem really happy. And it's like, yeah, that didn't happen for me. I mm-hmm. didn't meet somebody in college or out of college, or even you know in my thirties. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess. You know, it goes to the discussion, I mean, we could really have a whole other topic about this, but in this lifetime of my evolutionary path, you know, is it that I had other stuff I needed to do or learn mm-hmm. before I can manifest that? You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've often looked at uh, couples along the way with envy that they find each other really young. I've stopped with the envy thing because it's just not a healthy, again, as I grow into my own belief system based on what we're talking about here, yeah. I recognize that, you know, somebody else's relationship from when they were 20 has nothing to do with me not having found mine yet. Right. They're completely separable things. Yeah. That said, you could also look at it that there's the benefit of getting to know yourself and knowing how to be on your own and knowing how to be self-sufficient and learning what your own voice is and coming together with somebody when both of us do as these, these people that we wouldn't have been, you know, 10 or 20 years ago. So you could look at anything like that. Well, and so just accepting where you're at.
1: Yeah. And looking back at when I was 20 or 21, I mean, I, I'm a completely different person. It's almost like there are parts of me that are the same. And then there are parts of me that are so vastly different. I've grown so much. Mm. So yeah, I mean, and we've talked about this on the show. I mean, just my history of depression and just feeling so much lighter where I could even have a space for someone in my life now or have a space for real success in a career that I really want to do. That took a lot of work.
0: Yeah, that applies to me. I think um, professionally I can connect with that as well. Well, both facets because I'm a late bloomer on both levels in certain ways. Mm. But going back to kind of the first point that we made about being aligned with this podcast, as much as I was saying it kind of half-heartedly or joking about the relevance to um, our theme today, it really actually is very much an example of my late blooming because when I was younger... I didn't give myself permission to follow my heart professionally. I was kind of compartmentalized and, uh, for a variety of different reasons and influences and thoughts that I had and lessons that I thought, you know, that, that I had learned. Um, I was following more of a should path always with the want bliss path, kind of the voice whispering to me. And so that chasm, that sort of misalignment has really followed me or been a part of me for a good part of my adult you know my professional life and it's only through transition and some really tough times in the last year and a half especially that I've found my way to that alignment so that's when it came that's when it had to happen
1: yeah I I've had a lot of trouble with this topic in general I mean just to be honest like lately I've really been feeling at a place and Not like an alien, although, you know, sometimes I do feel like that. Like, I look around, you know, at Earth, and I'm like, what am I doing here? You know, like, I just don't even understand human beings sometimes. But in general, I think it's just the transition I've been in personally, but also professionally lately, where I've just felt a little out of place. And it's been a little challenging not looking around at other people who seem like they bloomed earlier or earlier than me and not feeling like I did it wrong. Yeah, And I think that's just part of, you know, it's all the things we talk about on the show, which is constantly going back to me. What am I telling myself? Am I criticizing myself? How can I make myself feel better about just being who I am and that it's all right the way I am?
0: I think it's also crucial in those moments and I understand them because I've had plenty of them myself yeah to remember that that person that you're romanticizing has their own stuff that they're dealing with too. And they might be looking right back at you romanticizing you and where you're at with yourself. Yeah. So there's always that grass is greener thing too, as cliche as that sounds. Yeah. You never know what's going on in other people's situations and everyone's in pain. So don't you worry, you're not the only one. No, Uh. we don't, I don't we don't wish that on everyone. But the point is, is that everybody's got their stuff Yeah. and everybody's got their own versions. You know, so you could say that sometimes, I've felt when I felt lonelier or been felt a little more marginalized in my mind, I've wondered, and this could be complete delusional justification. Wow. Maybe I've been meant to work on myself and look in the mirror a little longer and harder than somebody else who got into a relationship and had children early and had got sidetracked from their own. They didn't have the same luxury of, um, you know, of sitting with themselves and just sort of self-examination that someone who's doesn't have their own family has. Because you have the time, you're not dictated by a life of other people all the time. So you could look at it in so many different ways.
1: Well, and I mean, to your point, it's also like there are people who got married early and they're in these marriages or relationships that are really lonely. And I've always said, I'd rather be alone than in a lonely relationship. Totally. I mean, there's just no choice there, you know? So the other thing that I try and practice though is gratitude. And it's always easy to criticize myself. I could always find something wrong that I'm doing or things that haven't happened in my life. But it's like what you were saying, look at the valuable things, look at the really great things that have happened. And even though maybe the plan I had at this point in my life hasn't happened yet, but it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And it doesn't mean that other really great things haven't happened. You know, it's, it's that whole thing about watching my thinking, watching my feelings, what am I telling myself? And a lot of times, it's bringing the topic back to something positive well instead of feeling sorry for myself let me look at the fact that i have really great friends and like i'm laughing more than i ever have or whatever it is you know there's always something to be grateful about and that kind of offsets whatever criticism i have about being a late bloomer
0: yeah there's also the opposite of this which is the detriment of early blooming and sort of subscribing to to that people do get locked you know oh my gosh I haven't found my mate I'm 25 I haven't had my first kid before I'm 30 people get locked in these things because they don't want to bloom late and then they're just anchored in things that do not help them flourish and are not truthful to who they really are and they end up with all those cliche you know divorces and broken families and financial ruin and there's so many different ways that that can crack yeah. So I guess the whole point here, really, the big takeaway is just to try to be accepting of exactly where you are.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I bloom late on was having fun in life. And I know that mm-hmm. sounds like, like, what the hell are you talking about? What are you, Rob, what are you talking about? But a lot of my life from childhood on was about surviving, not really living. And so one of the things that I had to learn later in life, because again, I just had work to do on myself, healing I had to do. And kind of getting through things that I'd experienced was enjoying life and really focusing on joy and fun and laughing and not being so heavy about things and not taking so many things seriously and not taking life so seriously you know even when I get away from this topic just to focus on taking a walk in the park or going to the movies or you know hanging out with some buddies or going to an improv show like I did the other night like just to enjoy life and that's something that you know sometimes I wish I had learned to practice earlier in life, but I wasn't ready. Like I thought early in life having fun was just partying. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I thought fun was. Then when I kind of outgrew that, it was like, no, it's about doing things that I enjoy that are interesting to me, finding people who have common interests and doing those activities or taking those trips or whatever it is. So that's something that it took me a while to really learn and focus on and welcome in my life and practice.
0: I wonder too, I keep thinking about millennials and younger that uh, I feel like I see more examples of this. I don't know if there is a generational aspect or a sort of zeitgeist cultural aspect to this too. It would be kind of interesting. I don't know if this exists anywhere where you could, you know, quantify if there is more early bloomers in certain decades based on what was going on in the world or in oh, the yeah, economy. Oh, yeah, that's an it's interesting. Kind of interesting idea. Yeah, because out of sometimes either um, entitlement or necessity, it's easier to focus on yourself and what makes you happy. Um, I think of now like m- millennials. That were entering a job market that's been really, really tough over the last, you know, seven to 10 years. Yeah. And that's forced to sort of DIY, let me get in touch with what I do and what I'm good at and what I'm passionate about mentality way early on. So, again, I don't want to get too platitudinal or, you know, about all this stuff, but I just, it's kind of makes me curious because I would say some of the best examples I know of early bloomers now are those that are um, not just because they're younger but because they were finding their voice and sort of giving themselves permission to follow their path sooner and not getting in their own way. right? And I think there might be some sort of correlation between an early bloomer and feeling like you're in your place, like you're aligned with yourself. Does that sound? No, no,
1: no, I understand what you're saying. And it, it goes back to that idea that it's really up to us and how am I blocking myself? Yeah. And also like they just had the ability to follow their bliss or follow their destiny or follow their desires or whatever it was. Whereas some of us have had blocks with that. And we didn't really know that we were the ones holding ourselves back you know, that we were our own worst enemy. And again, in life, I mean, it took me a long time to realize I was hiding in certain ways that I thought well, you know, I don't know why this hasn't happened or feeling sorry for myself about something else. And then realizing that I needed to take more action or I just needed to be more willing. You know, sometimes it's not even about taking action. It's just about being open to it. And when I'm open to the universe, the universe is open to me. You know, it's like the more willing I am, the more things happen in my life. Right? They show up. Absolutely.
0: I think it's really noteworthy here, um, to remember all the people, the icons in history, the The poets, the actors, the artists, the Gandhis, the Mother Teresa, I think I'm not sure that I'm making that up um, mm-hmm. that uh, started their their major imprint late. You know, I'm yeah. even thinking there's some actor, I, I mean, cause you were talking about George Clooney earlier. Was it Danny DeVito? There was somebody who got like their first part when they were in their fifties. I think so.
1: Yeah. Like taxi or something, something.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's just one, you know, one example. And you think yeah. about like ageist um, industries, but again, there's always time when it's meant to be your time Yeah. and your time does come when it's supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, but I believe Gandhi, I think it was, he was well into his forties when his, when he really started to make his imprint. Yeah. I think mother Teresa, I'm stuck on them because, uh, there's some lecture I saw recently with a client of mine who was citing them. So I'm pretty sure I, I have that straight. Yeah. But there's, 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 there's countless examples of that.
1: Well, have you seen that famous failures video? No. It talks about all the famous failures in history in different areas of life from entertainment to business to sports. It talks about how Michael Jordan didn't even make his high school team and he went home Uh-oh. and cried and then went on to become one of the most famous, best NBA players ever. And then it talks about Lucille Ball, knowing they said she wasn't pretty enough mm-hmm. to be an actress. Or it talks about Abraham Lincoln, who suffered yes. from heavy depression and had a nervous breakdown, lost like six elections before he even won one election, and then it went on to become one of the greatest presidents we've ever had in our history so they are so and even Henry Ford I don't think he started or I don't think he founded the Ford Motor Company and made the Model T Ford until he was in his 40s
0: Mm, which then was like you know death age
1: yeah so it it is everyone's on their own timeline and I think a takeaway that we can offer people is just to remind everybody that it's all right Wherever they're at in life, whatever they thought they should have done by now, you still got time. You're still here on earth. You're still trying like the rest of us. And the other thing is that compare and despair and to try not and compare yourself to other people. Everyone's on their own path. Like you said, everyone's got challenges and it's like. I was talking to somebody one time and we talked about if I gave you my problems, you want your problems back. You know, it's like we all have our own challenges and ways that we're trying to grow. With that, that's the end of another episode of the (laughs) Rob and Callie Show.
0: There's a subtle, silent cue on my part.
1: Yeah, no, it was a good reminder. It's like, oh yeah, we got to wrap this up. So anyway, thanks for listening. If you want more information about me, you can go to robk.com.
0: And if you'd like to learn more about me, you can find me at CallieAlpert.com. Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Take care, y'all.